Yo, yo, how's it going, everybody? Hope you are having a good week so far. So this week's show is a good homie of mine called Huxley. Uh, if you don't know him, check him out. He's a dope producer, released a lot of good records. We've had a couple of records out together as well. Um, yeah, it was a great conversation. Loved it. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. Without further ado, Huxley. Mr. Huxley, how's it going, mate? I'm good, thanks. I didn't realise the intro was coming so soon. I just ate a bit of chocolate. Yeah. I'm very good. How are you? I'm doing an intro. I'll do the intro beforehand. I don't want to big you up too much online. I don't want to hear you like, I don't want you to hear me big you up. <laughs> no, no. Good. What chocolate was it? Yeah, I'm good, man. It was uh, Hershey's, melted Hershey's cookies and cream because it's hot as fucking balls in my studio. And it tasted like ass. Anyway. <laughs> Hershey's is the worst chocolate. I, I don't know. I kind of like it sometimes. It's a bit dirty and, you know, I, it, it feels like puke. I'm doing something wrong wrong to myself, yeah, basically, you, yeah. Yeah, you definitely are. It's, yeah, oh, yeah. I mean... I don't think it's classed as chocolate because there's not any chocolate no. in it. <laughs> no, that's probably true. It's probably just all cookies and cream, which is what they're trying to sell it to me as. <laughs> oh. Is that That's a reminder? My alarm to say to say you got a podcast to say, yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. Mate, you're in a new. But how studio. are you doing anyway, man? Are you in a new studio? Uh, yeah. From when you came, I think so. I mean, when when did we last actually work in the studio together? Three years ago, two and a half years ago. Yeah, easy. Yeah, about that. Have you moved house? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I moved. I live near Brighton now. Um, did did the move about a year and a half ago? Yeah. And uh, it's nice down here. It's a, it's chilled. It's a bit of a nicer area. Kind of, you know, I've got a kid and all that. It's like daddy daycare about schools. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, how's, I've got to think about schools. How's dad life been? Huh? How's dad life been? Intense in lockdown. To be yeah. honest, like before, I had the lovely like ability to leave when I wanted to, <laughs> but I don't. I, <laughs> I don't really have that anymore. <laughs> uh, um, so it's been good. It's you know it's been good. Like uh, uh, I, obviously, we, uh, as what doing what we do, we tour and we're away a lot. And actually, like the last kind of however long it's been, like five months or something, it's been nice because uh, yeah. you know he started walking. He's cool. starting to talk a little bit more. So I feel like, not that I would have missed them, but like I feel like I've actually seen it develop like day to day and all that kind of stuff. So that's been nice. But then also like, you know, we've had to deal with all the teething like 24-7 <laughs> and shit, which is fine. Yeah, I think but, it's like Catch-22, isn't it? I think a lot of us have like all experienced like things that we probably wouldn't have ever experienced with like families, partners, kind of friends, definitely. everything. It's yeah. just kind of been... Like, without saying we're unnormal, but we don't live normal lifestyles. So, but man, man, no DJ has grown up since the time of like <laughs> when when they started doing well and touring. That that's the age that they stopped growing up. Like, uh, it doesn't matter, right? So, <laughs> like, if you if you stop growing up at nineteen, like if you hit the big time at nineteen, you're fucked basically because you're never gonna know how to do anything with your life basically. Yeah. Luckily, I was twenty five, so like, I didn't know anything either. But like, yeah, completely. So I feel like this time has like made people realize that 
you know we're not as important as some people think we are 100 percent and 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 you know sometimes that's been seen quite live on like social media over this period which has been you know kind of interesting i suppose to see it in a way like and and it's just just interesting to see how people have reacted as well to the whole situation so yeah definitely i think um did you see uh bpm got cancelled today yeah, 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 yeah. I saw that. I mean, I was talking to someone yesterday, and uh, and they were like, "Yeah, but like," and they 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 these people are announcing shows and stuff, and uh, they were like, "Yeah, but you know, none of these shows are going to happen, though." Yeah. So it doesn't even matter, because yeah. And I was like, "Well, yeah, fair enough." I mean, it's true. I mean, BPM. I mean, it's BPM, and there's a few other Malta things going on by the look of it. Or there was, there was like five shows they announced, like. As in, like big marquee yeah. things, BPM and a couple of others. It, 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 I, I, and I hate to say this because I think we need to start going and start doing stuff, but it was just a bit too soon, I suppose. I think, like an- yeah, I, I think realistically, I think as so many people have suffered like big time, I think everyone needs to start earning money. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the end of the day, like our industry is going to be the last to come back whether we like it or not. So I think the if you rush it, it's going to mean that it's going to get delayed longer and longer. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree with that. But then also I think, like, there is something to be said with, like, it seems like a lot of places are, are happy for people to be out congregating in huge groups, like, yeah. on the seafront, on the beach, and, like, sweating their tits off, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, interacting with whoever they want, getting drunk. And like you know, causing a scene, and then actually, when you look at like house and house and techno and music, in some places, not all places, maybe UK is not a best example for this. Like, you go and play in like Malta or Italy or something. Like the people there aren't really drinking that much, so they yeah. actually are just there to like go for the music. And so, I can imagine in places like that, they are quite respectful of like yeah. social distancing and stuff, and it just feels like you know we're an easy target. No, totally. I, it's tough. It's tough because obviously, I don't know how you felt, but like a couple of weeks ago when kind of things lightened up in the UK, I was like, it It was been the only time that it's actually this whole like lockdowns like really got to me. And it was like, how, like, because everyone's kind of back at work now. Not everyone, but, no, most, yeah, but true. Yeah, yeah. most people are back to work and it's like that kind of just feel absolutely helpless. And you're like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? completely like, yeah i mean i don't i don't i don't know about you but have you like it, and i wouldn't because i can't do anything because i'm fucking stupid and i like, don't know what else to do but like have you ever like during this period i've had periods of like oh wow i wish i just like you know was serious and got like a real job yeah but because like those people are now like you say back at work in whatever capacity or maybe even didn't stop working like yeah. my brother is a programmer for a music company and like he just didn't stop working yeah. because yeah. you know it's a tech company so you would hope that they could set it up so he can work from home which obviously they did and like they didn't have to take a pay cut and it makes you look at yourself but then I, th- I think I don't know I think you realize maybe this is why oh at the same time you think I should have done that but then you also it, it kind of makes you realize why you did do it as well because I think if you reacted to that 
I mean, I think everyone had those thoughts, but if you actually reacted and did it and changed, maybe like it shows that you didn't have a passion for this anyway. Totally. And like you were, you were only doing it because it was convenient or easy to you or like, you know, you had the access to it rather than actually yeah. being passionate about the career. Do you know what I mean? Totally. And I think it, I think I feel sorry for the people that are like just getting into it. Yeah, me too. So funny That's enough, I was speaking, uh, having this conversation the other day. So imagine you're some kid, right, who's just, uh, to mention no names, because what's the point, but like you've just had your first single, your first release that started to pick up heat. It was starting to get played by like anyone that you wanted yeah. to get played. It's like done well on Beatport. Like you know, people are talking about you. Like imagine you having that just as this was coming up. Like the way you perpetuate that yeah. hype and that build is by doing shows. People yeah. come to see you. You play well. You like the, your next single is big because mm -hmm. you're posting the videos of you playing it yeah. at your next show, and like that's how you build the hype. Do you know what I mean? And I feel really sorry. Like yeah. I'm old. Like you've been around for a while now. You know, you got. Yeah. I mean, the beard is proof of that, right? <laughs> <laughs> and your bald so, head is as well <laughs> yeah I, I had a full grown head of hair when i started this it was an afro <laughs> uh, um no but like but i but totally. like you know name we've been around long enough to know that like people might not uh, might not be the hottest names on people's lips but like we have something that we can fall back on and like a reputation that we already yeah. have and like uh, yeah i can i completely agree i feel really sorry for those people even those people getting big now like yeah. if shows don't come within the next six months people that are doing well now that that might be over for them really quickly yeah because i think the thing is is that obviously dance music doesn't get the spotify streams the apple music streams that like a pop record would play if you know what i mean no so like yeah, yeah. Like a few of my mates are extremely sick. I'm sure you know if you're extremely successful on Spotify and Apple, and their touring wasn't necessarily as strong as what you and I would have. No, but so they're fine. If you know what I mean, they're making yeah. very, very good money. But in dance, better, yeah, yeah, a lot better, yeah. But in dance music, like we don't really, it doesn't, it doesn't really work like that. So I and I, I think that's what you're saying is like with people that. Just that they've like just had a beatport number one, they've never had a beatport number one, yeah, yeah, and, and they're loving life, and it's great, it's great. And their social media is kind of growing and they're doing that, but you have to have another one of those when shows open, yeah. And the, and the way you perpetuate that, that the whole the high hype is by being a DJ and people taking videos and like people push you up, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's very hard to keep it going, like, I, I mean, I think, I, I, I think it, it's, it's. You know, it like you say, for some people, this this moment in time, like you say, streaming acts and stuff. It, it, but I feel like going back to that, like it's made me realize. So, for example, say someone has released this fucking sick techno record, yeah, that would have been fucking huge. huge. Yeah. Everyone would have played it. Yeah, that record is now gone. Yeah, right. That could have been like the the pivotal moment in their career. Yeah. Like, and it didn't even get picked up because people listened to the promo and they thought, this isn't going to work on a live stream. Or yeah. they didn't even bother listening to it because, you know, I, I barely listened to promos during this whole Same. lockdown, if I'm yeah. honest. Because I, I don't like live streaming. Like, no. you know, I, I would rather do something like this. Yeah. Where it's a conversation. It's interesting to me. that Because I feel like, you know, I like I love playing in in, in nightclubs, but like I've done playing in my bedroom. Do you know what I'm saying? We did it for years. 
Yeah. We played to our wall for fucking years. Yeah, like that, that one picture of Rachel Stevens from <laughs> S Club 7 watching me. That you fucking like, knocked one out over. God knows oh, how many times. So many times. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you know what I mean? So, like, I'm kind of done with that. So it's one of the reasons I've not done loads. But then... I don't know. Then you see, but then you see people like Desert Hearts who have turned it on its head a little bit, and they're actually like properly like doing it, I guess, the right way and building. But that's just not for me. But yeah, going back to the original point, I I, I think that Spotify is a dangerous animal now. I don't know if you saw what he said, the guy that today. No, that I'm not it. saying. So he basically said like artists can't release an an album every four years anymore and be successful. Like he yeah. essentially said, quality over quantity, which I feel is also a dangerous way of living because I did it last year and trust me, it doesn't work. S- say that again, sorry. So last, so he came out and did a keynote speech somewhere, the guy that runs Spotify. Yeah. And he said, essentially, you know, those apps that only put out an album every four years or can't three survive. years, you can't do it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. You have to put out more and more. And more. So I'm listening to... Elton John's autobiography. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard it, um, um, but I'm just doing it through your audiobook. And it's really interesting. So back in the back when he was releasing music, he'd released two albums a year. I know that's interesting, right? So it's kind yeah. of gone back to that. And I think I think it's really interesting. And it's fine for people like you and I who write so much fucking music. Yeah. Like yeah. And like, I feel sorry. Yeah, I feel sorry for the people that don't write their own music. They must be spending a fortune on ghost producers. Right oh now. Jesus! Yeah, and with no income because you've got to you've got to have four million streams to make a reasonable money. Yeah, completely after splits and everything like that. But it's yeah, it's it's that strange. I, I'm actually I'm actually excited that they've said that though because. It's so true. You can see it. I it, I can see it with even with my numbers. Is that like you last year? I released probably a record every month, and yeah, it kind of it it boosted everything massively, and yeah, you get more love from Spotify, and it, yeah, for sure, yeah, it puts you on like a radar, and I think that's I think at the end of the day, it's pushing people to work harder. I mean, I agree. I mean, I think I, 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 the only reason I say it's a problem is because, like, you know, some great artists don't write that yeah. much. And it, and it kind of, like, I mean, you and I, like, we're workhorses. We're probably sitting in the studio, like, most of the day, every yeah. day, trying to write something. But that doesn't mean someone who writes one great record should be penalised for the fact that they can only write that great record. Do you know what I mean? It's still totally. good, yeah. which I feel is, is the issue, maybe. But, I mean... One thing it it's it one thing this lockdown has done, which for me has been a massive massive positive, is so before like last year maybe I was chasing it a little bit, like like for example the record we did together I loved, but then I did like a few records in between January to when we released in December yeah. that I just made like do you know what I mean I yeah. made those tracks and like knew that I could get them signed, so I got them signed yeah. and released them. And one thing it's made me realise, actually, this lockdown is, like, it's not worth it. Like, totally. I, 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 like those tracks are not getting streamed now. Yeah. They might have got, like, decent, a few, like, few thousand or whatever, a few hundred thousand at the time, but they're not getting streamed anymore. Yeah. 
So it, it's actually made me realise that, you know, writing records that I want to write and that I'm a bit more timeless, it's probably more, it, 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 it's better for, 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 for me to do that. And actually it's got me writing stuff that I love again and like that I wouldn't have written, I think, if we were still just constantly touring. I, I totally agree. And I think for me, it was, for me, the realisation was 2018, where I was just like releasing music that just didn't really go anywhere. It was just club yeah. music. And, you know, like we can bosh out a club record pretty fucking quickly. If you know what I mean? We, yeah. know, we know what's going to work. And we know what's not, not going to work. But when I decided to like leave my management and start a record label and kind of plan it all correctly and like put it in a, put a plan and be like, this is where I want to be in, one year time this is where i want to be in five years time how do yeah. i get there and how has other people got there and realistically it's just about making fucking really good timeless music i agree and also it's it's not and it's not about you know i i, I when i started making music and actually when i started getting big i wasn't making music to please anyone really yeah. apart from like my close friends and like, like if they told me something was shit then i'd be like fuck <laughs> but i didn't really care about yeah. like the, the the public and then i a couple of years ago i fell into this like rotation of just being really bothered about like like restarting you know the people that i got big with like in terms of the crowd maybe weren't there anymore because you know they were getting older yeah. people don't go out so i was really paranoid about like then like becoming you know something with the younger people which you know as a 35 year old man when you're <laughs> trying to appeal to like an 18 year old girl in fucking like i don't know and boy wearing a fucking like <laughs> bum bag over their chest do you know what i mean it's not gonna fucking happen but yeah. i got caught up in this like 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 this this like fucking hamster wheel and 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 then and actually what this has made me realize is i don't want to do that so it's like made me completely replan how the rest of my year was gonna go yeah in terms of releases like luckily actually i in march i'd said look no not march in january sorry i'd said look, i want six months from signing a record mm -hmm because my management were really pushing me and pushing me to like just have a release out every fucking month yeah and i said no i'm not gonna do that anymore and luckily that's given me like this big scope now so like it's given me this gap and i i, I feel like it's given me a gap to write what i want so i'm starting my another label of yeah. my own a bit cool. like you've done yeah, to yeah. release my own music because i'm bored of making a record that i love and then not knowing not what it. label to release it on yeah and then so well i think i think we sometimes can sit in the same same kind of lane where we both write music that works really well in a club work can work well streaming but yeah. the, but it doesn't fit it's not a drum code record or it's not yeah. a defected record or it's not whatever record because that's not what we make completely i completely agree i think you're in exact like all the like i i think we both know know exactly what a record needs to make it a fucking good record yeah but we don't veer towards either side like if, i feel like if something fits a label i might be more likely to be like 
oh, okay, I'll try this. Yeah. But I've never had like a, a crew in a sense. And I, and I think maybe you did at first, but you definitely don't now. And you kind of do what you want to do now, which I think is definitely shown by the music you've been releasing in the last year, year and a half. Yeah, I think having a crew can really help you get to a level in your career. Yeah. Right. Like even with you, like you were part of the house crew, right? Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Completely. Like back in yeah. the day, you, that's what, that's, that's kind of how I found you, if you know what I mean, and through, through all of that. But yeah. I think what happens is when you're part of a crew that is a artist driven label. Yeah. You have to almost go with what the head of the, the label is kind of directionally going. Completely. Yeah. And I think, when we all write music and we all have we all change as as our as the time goes on and i think let's let's use ours for an example it changed massively and whether completely different yeah yeah whether that's it's all opinion based so whether we like it or not it doesn't fucking matter it's the, it's the the route they decided to go down and that doesn't fit with what you are if no. you know what i mean and no completely and yeah. i think by having your own imprint mm. and also just controlling everything yourself, you have nothing, you have no one else to blame apart from yourself if a record doesn't do well. No, you have no one else to blame, but then also you have no one else to prove to that you think. Like, you and I have been doing this long enough almost. Like, both of us probably have records that we absolutely love that, like, nobody else does do you know what i mean you sit there and write a record and you think this is gonna be massive and then everyone's (laughs) like well (laughs) Um, yeah yeah but but then also you but you like as a long-term producer you get that feeling when you've written a record you get that fucking fire in your belly and you get that feeling that like you love this record and you believe in it right and I don't think it happens every day and it can happen what, like however long. But I think having your own label allows you to take that fire and turn it into like a tangible thing and actually like promote it in the way you want to promote it. Yeah. Like turn that record into what you want to turn it into, if you know yeah. what I mean, rather than waiting for some label boss to be like, yeah, it's all right. We'll put it out. Yeah, we'll put it out in a year's time. And you got like away. When you, well, by that time, you're fu- so fucking bored of it. Yeah, yeah. No, I, dude, I agree. And I think, I think now is the time that everyone can do that. We live in a day and age where you don't have to have like anyone can release music. Like true, but I, I would also say we're in quite a privileged position that we've already cultivated a fan base, cultivated like people that will listen whereas if you're new to the game and you're doing it it's a lot harder than what we have yeah but i also think nowadays labels don't or certain labels don't necessarily build their artists or concentrate on their artists as much as they might have used to um it costs a lot yeah it costs a lot more to like get the music heard nowadays if you know because there never used to be that much music gets released i think like 40,000 records get released every single day. And you're just like... I mean, that's fucking nuts. It's ridiculous. So for labels like... I Like, we all know it, right? Like, you'll release a record and the record will do nothing. 
and the label yeah. does nothing, which is fine. That's just how it works. And some labels do amazing jobs and some labels don't. But I think, I think if it's that building the foundations, I, I, I really yeah. think you can do that yourself nowadays. And I think it take, it will take longer. Don't get me wrong. But yeah. I think it will be a lot more, it will pay off a lot better by having your yeah. own thing. And just yeah, I agree. I mean, the thing is, I, I think, I, I don't know if you, this is what you meant earlier, but like one thing I found in when you're in a crew on a record label, you're basically, you don't really see it, but your job is, is to prop up the head of that record label because the only person really getting big off the back of it or maintaining the big off the back of it is the person that's at the top of the record label. Do yeah, you know what I mean? Totally. Because they're, they're essentially... That they're, they're signing you because they know that your music will keep them relevant yeah. rather than them having to release music. 100%. But the thing is, you're never going to be as successful as the person never. at the top of the label. And they're never going to let you. No. Even if the label manager doesn't necessarily DJ. <laughs> like, you're, st- you're still... I mean, it's true. It's yeah. true, yeah. You're still going to be below, which... Again, I have no issue with. I respect that. Like, no. it's yeah. it's just how the industry is. Um, yeah, how it works. Yeah. So, have you got a release plan for your label? Well, we we I've I've done I've done I've just been since this lockdown. I've been writing loads of like songs and like vocal based stuff. Yeah. The re, the release plan is like so. We're now waiting because we've got a pretty good distribution deal. So we're just waiting for that to kick in, um, which is going to be like three months. So the first release is going to be probably November, I think. Nice. And it's like, it's like a bit annoying because I wish it would start earlier, but also it means that I can play out the rest of my releases before it kind of comes out. And then I can kind of focus on that kind of thing. And then I'm doing some stuff for Tool Room as well because they're friends of mine. Yeah. Like going forward, but uh, it means that this this label is like yeah. It I I'm, one thing that I used to, I, I've run obviously like three or four labels before in the past. I've got overexcited, started signing loads of music from people, and then and then either lost interest if I'm completely honest in yeah. the whole project, or like ha- or had to like stop the label because I stopped working with the person that I started the label with. Yeah. Whereas now it's just all me, so you know, that's not going to happen. I think it's the best thing. For, it's, and also I think releasing your first release being in November is perfect because clubs might, there might be a few shows happening then, whether it does. Maybe. But I think the longer it, the longer you can delay that, the better. We, I've got a release coming out in September on my label and it was supposed to come out in July and no June. Oh, well. And we like pushed it back. And if I'm honest, I would push it back even more. Because <laughs> if I could, but I can't. Um, but I just... Well, yeah, funny enough, I yeah, I had a release come out like a month ago on a label called Hot House. Mm. And it was like, and it's like a it's really loopy, like techno, like housey techno thing. And, I, and I'm releasing it and thinking, who the fuck is going to listen to this yeah. in a lockdown? Do you know what I mean? Like, unless you're getting like off your face in your living room. It's not like one to listen to while you're working, maybe. Or maybe I listen to the music differently, but I just thought it was the wrong time. If I could, I would delay until, like, I knew there was something coming. Like you say, 
you want to do it. I yeah. just want to like. It's, it's weird. It's that catch twenty two, isn't it? Because you need to keep releasing music to keep your like numbers up and to keep a little bit relevant. But I also think it goes yeah. back to that quality over quantity to a certain extent. If you release a record that lasts three months, four months for you, then that's great. And I think that's yeah. more powerful than yeah. even even in lockdown, it's more powerful to have a record that's done four million streams than a record than than five records that's done a hundred thousand, if you know what I mean. I think Yeah, yeah, completely. I agree. I agree, yeah. And but and I think that's important to think about as well when it comes to quality over quantity. One thing that I've I thought about because I, I released probably less than a month once a month last year. It's like people get unexcited about yeah. the release because they're like, oh well, they're just releasing another record now mm-hmm. because you know it's happened every other month. So why wouldn't they be doing it now? Yeah. So I think this gap that people are having is actually gonna be really exciting to actually like hear what people have you know either held back or made during this time yeah i agree i've got this club record coming out on on trick on patrick's label and oh yeah i hope clubs are open by the time it comes out because it's 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 just like a massive kick drum and no one's gonna (laughs) no one's gonna listen to it if no. If there's no clubs. No, no, no. No, they're not they're not gonna listen to it, you're right. No one's gonna give a fuck about but, it at all. But it's true it's true though. Like there's this techno record that or or whatever, like it barely changes. It would kick in like a little synth and the synth might like the cutoff comes up on the synth like three times and that's like the big moment. No one's gonna listen to that. No. Anyway. That's it goes back to that live stream though, doesn't it? It's like I don't know if you've watched any but i've like literally flicked some on for like 10 minutes and it's like been like nina kravitz playing like aren't they boring as oh fuck though god so fucking boring i also jesus christ i i also there's there's this like argument but as a dj as somebody that plays music and gets paid to play music don't get me wrong, yeah. I'm happy to do charity stuff. I'm happy to do stuff for free and kind of help people out. But there comes a point, would anyone turn up for work and be like, you're not getting paid on a regular I, basis? No. Yeah, I agree with that completely. And also, like, I, I've heard now promoters are, like, saying, well, they couldn't get this amount of streams, so they're only worth this amount of money. And it's like, that is such a bullshit it's way bullshit. of looking at this streaming thing. Because uh, the streams originally were just to be like they people wanted to DJ, and now they're trying to again like turn it into this commercial fucking like yeah. money making or whatever bullshit. And it's like for me that that already shows that the whole platform is is flawed. Do you know what I mean? Like I just I don't know. I just, it's just it's just not for me, man. I, I did one in here, and it's like you know. What's interesting about this room? There's a couple of records and me sweating in the back. <laughs> like, do you know? Do you know what I mean? I agree, like, mate. What, I what's agree. interesting about that? I totally agree. I've seen a few, and I'm just like, even the green screen. In fact, the best one that I've seen that was entertaining was Justin Martin's movement set. Did you see that? Uh, no, no. So he so. like recorded it and edited it all and he was like on a spaceship the whole time 
So he was like, oh, that's cool. He was like flying a spaceship all around the world, and it's all from like footage that he, <laughs> footage that he's taken. Um, it was really well done. Wow, that's good. Have you seen a guy called Suat? Is that that guy that DJs like in a forest and like walking around? Yeah, he walks around and yeah. like gets on the mic and stuff. Like I don't watch it because I can't be asked, but like <laughs> he look, it looks really interesting. Like like him getting on the mic, he he seemed quite funny and stuff. And you know, he's actually like walking around and making an effort. For me, that's kind of a good live stream. Like someone standing on a cool looking balcony for like two hours. It isn't that interesting to me. And the interesting thing is like with like James Blake or with, there's like been some rappers. I know some rappers have made a fortune in, in live streams oh, like, yeah. where they've done like ticketed live events, live streams, and they've made like 50, a hundred grand on like one, one stream. And I think that's amazing, but yeah, we're kind of, I can't speak for everyone. I can only speak for myself, but I'm just a fucking talentless put talentless musician that's just <laughs> pressing buttons like you can't can't make you're not giving anything to somebody it's not like i'm singing it's not like i'm playing something i'm just no. pushing a button and playing somebody else's records it's just not yeah i completely i uh, yeah i completely agree like what well, and like i've just um I, I i think that like actually watching a dj is perhaps up there with like one of the most boring things in the world. Like at least paint drying drips sometimes. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And like hits the carpet and there's like a bit of like a cliffhanger. <laughs> is, is it, isn't it going to do it? Whereas the DJ is going to play the next record and that's it. Yeah. So like, I, I'm not like, but like, I think the, when someone's playing live, like I saw the James Blake one and also yeah. Tom Meesh did a bunch of shit and like, people doing like the live stuff where they're actually being talented, which like, you know, you and I were great producers, but when it comes to like being talented in terms of the traditional sense, potentially we're not like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, so, so yeah, but so I've just started a new project and we're meant to be doing live, but we definitely haven't worked out how we're going to do live. So people are now asking us to do like sets and stuff. And I'm just like, Fucking, I don't know what the fuck to do. Basically, like I thought, I had months to try and put this together, <laughs> but so, I don't. So, so that, that yeah. happened to us with. Uh, do you do you know the project, the Amok project that I do with Sian? With Sian. Yeah, yeah. Um, we were playing Hard Summer, like last year, I think it was, and we spent like three months planning to play live with like live drum machines uh, like keyboard synth um and like some trigger pads and stuff like that we rehearsed it like twice um did a load of other work behind the scenes got to it and we booked a rehearsal thank fuck we booked a rehearsal or like a sound check <laughs> it was like i think it was like 35 degrees in the tent oh fuck and this was at 11 a.m. in the morning. It was fucking ridiculous. Ooh. Turned the laptop on and started like running through the rehearsal. And then all of a sudden the laptop just like, it like over, it just like started smoking. It was like, no, it's no way, way. way too, way too hot for in here. Um, so yeah, we just ended up DJing. <laughs> And it was like all of like months and months leading up to this and being like, we're going to do this live show. So it's going to be amazing. It. 
But then I afterwards we sat down together and we're like, no one would have fucking knew if we were live or not. No, no one. No one. And literally no one. No one cares. No, that, that, that the fact that lives next to someone's name and they have a laptop up, they're like, fuck, they're doing this all live. It's, it's not like, live. No, they're not, though. They're just like, not even, they're probably doing less than DJing. Yeah. Because they're just standing there with like a cutoff filter being like, Wee. and that's it. <laughs> and it's all programmed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And everything. It's not like, but I all- mean, I, yeah, completely. I do this project with a, well, we both produce it, but he's also a singer. So he'd actually have to do some work, right? He'd have to sing, but I could just stand there looking good <laughs> and like, and like probably sweating because I do that like most time. But like, do you know what I mean? So I, I was sweet. I don't, it didn't matter, but he actually had to like nail it. So we, we, we haven't done it yet, but it'll be interesting to see what happens for sure. So are um, you working more with vocalists and stuff now? At the moment, yeah, because I, I wrote loads of, like, just... I mean, I wrote loads of, you know, just club things. Like, I was I was actually, like, before the lockdown, I was writing loads of, like, techno-y things. Yeah. And I just... I signed this EP to Shall Not Fade, which is coming out in a few... in a couple of months. Um, and then after lockdown, I was just bored of that. So now, yeah, I'm just trying to write with as many singers as I can. Like, just reach out. I, I, I have like like get people in the studio, get them to record whatever kind of works. This project that I'm doing is with another guy we've been working on for like two years, um, and he was a vocalist in another band. Well, he made he wrote and produced this other band, and then but we've known each other since we were like 15. Yeah, we were a garage crew. He was my MC and I was the DJ uh, back in the day, which was cool. That's obviously. amazing. Yeah, it was great. Um, and then we started working and then it just so happened that our first single, because we got signed to Ultra, our first single came out in lockdown. So, you know, promoting a new act in lockdown, like we were talking about earlier, is treacherous at the best of times. Yeah. Like, uh, how do you do it? So now we're just trying to work this like live element into it. And, and I'm finding it difficult because I'm not a live person. I yeah, don't know. Yeah. So it. it it, 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 I'm trying to learn in a in a period where I probably never have to learn this shit ever again because hopefully this never happens again. Yeah. But we'll we'll see. But yeah, in terms of my own music, then yeah, massively like doing vo- like loads of vocal tracks and like some you'll use, some are not as good. But we'll see. We'll see. Like I, I think it, it's reignited my love with full vocals because when I'm at home now, I'm just listening to like soul yeah. or dance music with full vocals. Like it's very often that I'll listen to new instrumental music and be and love it as much as something that has even even just a sampled vocal. Do you know what I mean? I totally agree, and I think it goes back to that timelessness. There's there's very few dance records that have no vocals that are timeless. They're, don't get me wrong. There's some very fucking good ones out there. Oh, of course, yeah, of very, course. But I would say the majority of records that are timeless have a very strong vocal on as well. Yeah. Or some element of vocal. Yeah. For sure. Like a sample or something. And I think, I think this lockdown is going to bring more of that out. Um, yeah, I was I talking to so. Eli the other day and he was like, mate, I can't fucking write a club record. Like he's like, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just writing like vocally stuff. 
because I think that's the thing. We can't we can't test any music out. We can't like yeah. Yeah, 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 see if it works. Yeah. So is that like it's weird? But but do not. Uh, I think in a way that's beautiful, right? Because yeah. like you're not fucking focused on what like people in a club go wee yeah to like when it drops. You're you're focused on the fact that is this a good record yeah. or is it not? Like every like you said earlier, we've been doing this for a very long time. We both can make a record which makes people makes people go yay when yeah. it drops. But actually, to make a record that people connect with, yeah, totally. I think some of us are out of touch with it. So I think that's great. I mean, Eli's saying that, him saying that, I'm not sure I believe it because, <laughs> like, you listen to his releases and, you know, they're great vocal records, but they're also sick club records. Club records, anyway. yeah. And uh, same with your stuff as well, to be honest. I think for me, though, it's like it's looking at the bigger picture. And I think, Have you been working with vocalists and stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, it's really weird because I, I, I was speaking to somebody yesterday, and it's, it's, we, we walk this very fine line, right? We have our fan base, and we have our peers, right? Yeah. If we were to go and release a like super commercial record tomorrow we're probably going to lose a lot of fan base and we're probably going to lose a lot of our peer support. Yeah, yeah, I do agree. But then also, uh, no, I I, no, actually, I completely agree. I think that we built a fan base that pride themselves on not being commercial. Yeah, but if you make but, something that's really fucking good and yeah. then it switches over to a commercial record, like, let's be honest, we all want a commercial record that... Oh, but it just yeah. it just has to be it has the to right go record. through the right record and it has to go the right way. It's like if you I think what the issue is, which I've heard quite a lot recently, is a lot of artists are like, Okay, I wanna be a commercial artist, but I wanna stay in the cool world. So they don't It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Yeah, so they don't they don't make they try and make a cool non-commercial they try and make a a cool commercial record but because they're not going full hog on each side no one gives a fuck it just sounds like a mediocre record completely so so actually i've been saying this for a few years like i i I feel like people are scared of making a big record so like they'll make a loop that they know say these people who say they want to make a cool club record they're working on a record they'll make a hook that is fucking massive but then they'll listen to it and be like, yeah, but is it, is it too cheesy? Yeah. Is it too big? And they get in their own head and then they won't do anything with it. They're scared of making that big record. Yeah. Now, even now when you're listening to the deep, minimal tech stuff, right? Like, you can hear that they've made a great bass line and a great groove, but then they think, oh, well, you know, this isn't deep enough. So they just throw a fucking pad and some shit stab on it and they take away everything that was great from the record. And like you say, they just make something that's mediocre. Yeah, and I I think that's very dangerous because I actually think you lose everything that way because your fans are so used to you releasing very good music yeah, and your peers are used to you making records that really fucking work in a club. Yeah, And I think that's the thing that I've really, like, noticed. Maybe in the lockdown because people have, like, 
made some music and they're like, oh, this might earn me some money on Spotify. Maybe. Yeah. I'm just putting yeah, it out yeah, there. Yeah. Which, no, again, yeah. I can't, can't take that away from anyone. We all need to make money. Um, yeah. Yeah. But it's still trying to be that... It's trying to pander to two sides, which never yeah, works. Never works because you're never you're never gonna like make the underground and the commercial scene happy because you look at look at like a record, even like uh, I don't I don't know like most recently, oh, fuck I hate it saying it, but it's the first thing that c- t- comes to my mind, right? Like Dancing with Elephants by Tim Walls. I know everyone fucking hates the cunt now, but like when that came out. Right, as an underground record, every fucking everyone loved that record. That yeah. record got played by everyone, yeah. from Dixon to Carl Cox to myself, yourself. Yeah, like everyone played that record. When it went commercial, no one played it. No one played it because because it went commercial. Like, and by that point, like you're either sick of it, you don't like the fact that it went commercial, and like so that shows you can't please both sides because. Yeah. No one is going to play a record at the same time ever, ever. It's never going to happen ever. But, but it but has harsh. to has to come from the underground. It does. I agree. Like I feel, I feel like that's important. Unless you, unless you made a decision to go full whack commercial. Yeah. Like one of the somewhat two, one per one group that does it kind of well is like Gorgon City. They kind of seem to straddle the line. Like maybe you won't play their record, but you would still play on a lineup with them. Yeah, yeah. Whereas I feel like a lot of people that went commercial, maybe you wouldn't now. Yeah, I th- I think it's really strange because I think a lot of people that are extremely commercial and make good streams, I don't think necessarily they can sell many tickets. It, yeah, it's rare. It's rare now. Like I, I remember seeing a post by a promoter that I play for in Birmingham said that he's had people who have had 5,000 Spotify streams yeah. sell out. And he's had people that have 5 million Spotify streams have like 12 people in the club. Yeah. It's so weird that. It's really weird that. It's really weird, yeah. Because I know like a few mates that are more pop and they don't get booked for clubs. They almost just do their own shows. So they do like the O2 Academy or something like that and have to put on their own show and almost treat their DJ set like a, a live set. band um, yeah. and kind of make it more of a show, which don't get me wrong, if you're selling 5,000 tickets at an O2 Academy, you're doing you're well. You're not doing too bad. Though, yeah. Yeah, you're doing really good. But I think it's that you can't do that every weekend. No, you can't. And it, and it, and actually, if, if promoters won't book you, it's a real struggle to keep that going because you're managing everything. Yeah. Yeah, you, you know have to I mean? have a very solid team around you. Yeah, completely. But like like you say, it is true. It's better to come from the underground to the overground. It's a lot harder to go from the un- overground to the underground. Like, it, it's very rare that that happens, actually. What would you say. say your biggest record was? It depends. It depends how you look at it. Your the, the the record that went that made you become full time in music. There's two: Let It Go and then Box Clever. Box Clever, so and good. and Box Clever is still the record that I still get messages about now. People tagging me in videos, like yeah. them listening to it and all this other shit. Like that. That's the record that I would say would define me yeah but then but then if you look on something like spotify calling 
yeah. is a bigger record. Like my favorite track I've produced, I Want You, is like almost up there. Yeah. Um, so it it, it, defi- it depends how you define it, but I would say Bot's Clever really is, is the record that people know me for. Yeah. People, people, people keep coming back to me for people like message me about like that is the record. And and actually that record I never thought was gonna do that well, really. Yeah. Uh, I was I was just happy 2020 Vision signed it because I'd set, been sending them demos for like two years and Ralph Lawson was just like, this is shit, this is shit, this is shit. And so then he signed it and um, yeah, and that, that, that Let It Go was probably the record that made me be able to do it full time. Yeah. Because I feel like that was the record where I used to play it and people used to sing it back to me when I played it. And then Bots Clever, when I released that, it, that was the one that solidified me in like the touring scene for the next however long. What does it feel like when people like sing your songs back to you? Because I've, I've had it, but it's not like, I've not released any song songs, if you know what I mean. I've not released like anything that I feel like people... No, what, what, what about my body? That was a song song there, wasn't it? No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody that doesn't know that's one of our records together. <laughs> um yeah, no, no, no. Um it's a funny old feeling, like it's something that you wouldn't think that would happen. And it it you kind of just get swept up in the moment, I suppose. I remember going back to Birmingham actually, I remember one time in Birmingham where it really happened, the whole crowd did it, and it's like, fuck, I mean, not that I wrote the lyrics, obviously there were samples, yeah, but like yeah. Like I put them together in a certain way, so it was it, it it kind of makes you feel like a real producer. Yeah, I don't know. Like for me, anyway, that's what I always wanted to happen. Yeah, then it happens, and then like you get more jaded every time it happens, and then you turn into a miserable or cunt like <laughs> me. So like, <laughs> 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 to be fair though, like honestly, when. When I was touring with MK a lot. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I didn't, I, beforehand I hadn't really experienced it or watched anyone else's records be like sung. Yeah. And I remember I was playing in Belfast with him in like the Telegraph great, warehouse. Great club. Like so yeah. good. Yeah. Um, and I played, yeah, I played right before him. And then he has this like little intro. Yeah, of course. And then the first record that comes on, I can't remember what it was. It was like Peace For Me or something like that. Yeah. And every fucker is singing it. And I'm I like, mean, everyone, yeah. like either it gave me goosebumps. And it does, it does yeah. And yeah. I'm just like, this is, this is all I want in my career. It sounds really egotistical. And no, it's, no, I get it. And it's not, it's not for my ego it's well, i think no, i it, guess it, it is it makes you feel it makes you feel proper because you've made this record that so many people connect with that they actively want to sing it back to you yeah do you know what i mean and it's got so much meaning to them it's not just some like and i do this all the time like some like two word drop yeah and then that's it a baseline do you know what i mean it it, it actually means something to these people that they actually want to sing it back like mk i have to say mark I think he he he's he picked exactly what he wants to do. Yeah. Like like he's done it so fucking well. He's one of these people that straddles that line, yeah. which is so rare. 
like he can do like big shows. You can play with multiple different acts, different people, but then it also you can get number ones and like create records that actually people have a connection to. And I think that's, he's a great model to go to. If, if you want to go down that commercial route. I yeah, guess. I agree. I think, I think the thing with Mark that, and 99.9% of every producer doesn't have is that he's was literally one of the, one of the, the first people that ever released dance music or the first person that ever had like a big record. Like completely burning was released the year I was born and it still sounds good now. And yeah, then you're like that the heritage keeps him yeah. cool. Right. I think I think it definitely helps, but like I do still think that he, he yeah no I I agree like obviously he has that leg up I suppose but I, I also think that you he, you can tell I mean some of the records that he's released are not my cup of tea but you yeah. can you can completely like understand why he's done it and where he comes from like is it, totally. it the, the the fucking what's he called the remix he did the jungle remix thing. so good. I mean, I listened to that the other day, right? The production, and I hope he doesn't hate me for saying this, production on it isn't incredible, but like, Jesus Christ, like the key changes and the drops and stuff are just perfect. But let's be honest, it's not, I don't, I, and I think that's the thing. I don't think it is necessarily about the best production. production. No. Right? Like for me, John Hopkins is probably one of the best producers ever. Like every, every record I listen to him, I'm like, how the fuck? Has he yeah, done this? Completely. Like, yeah, completely, yeah. And then I go in the studio, I'm like, I'm going to make a John Hopkins record and spend all day with like a hi-hat and a kick and just can't get anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then yeah. you're you're like, oh, actually, a kick drum, a bass line, a piano, and a fucking good vocal loop. That's all you need. That's all you need. It's like, like for me with like booty percolating, although it's not anything that I produce now and I don't play it anymore, but Would like, you say that was the record that turned you into a full-time DJ? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I was um, going to ask that actually. Yeah, I th- I think it that was the start of it, but I wouldn't. Yeah, I th- I don't know. I was touring beforehand, but I but, was, but only a few shows here uh, and there. Yeah, though, only like the odd like the like I did an America tour, but that was yeah, only because I had a shit hot agent and he just probably force force promoters to book me the poor fuckers still um, does <laughs> still does yeah <laughs> no 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 but uh no but like you have that you have that period of time right where you you're kind of touring like one or two weekends a month yeah and then you and then you have that thing and then you're like busy like all the time fucking like yeah you're away all the time yeah yeah i think for me that the reason why that record helped me so much was because everyone was playing it and it wasn't out it took a year to get cleared and everything so for a year every dj was playing it and it was like what is this record i can't i need this record if you know i mean no one had it Um, which again it goes back to that lockdown thing you can't promote records now because djs aren't playing it no, and it's very hard to promote a record in streams or mixes. Like people might be going like track ID, and then actually like they haven't experienced that record themselves. Yeah. Like it's like it's not the same sitting in front of your TV or computer, or whatever you're watching it through, as experiencing yeah. it in a club 
and like being excited the next time someone plays it in a club it's, it's not quite it i don't think it's quite the same so when you like first got i've never really spoke about this to you but like when things kind of got big for you i remember like i was i was had like just started producing or i was producing for a while but i was like okay i need to take this seriously and then i saw your face like everywhere like all of a sudden and it did it like honestly it did feel like it was like all of a sudden yeah like but no one sees the like behind the scenes on how many yeah. years you're like but fucking you said but you say it. that you say that to me right i bet there's a hundred people that would say that to you 100 percent, 100 percent. you never see that like i don't want to call it a struggle like you know, I was living at home with my mum doing my laundry. It wasn't yeah. that much of a struggle, but like, I but still am. you never, you, you never see, you never see the, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> uh, I, I wish I was. To be <laughs> <laughs> um, you, 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 but I, I think that's true with everyone. Like you take someone like John Summit now, who's obviously got like his, his first number one on Beatport and all that kind of stuff. And it's doing really well. People will just be like, oh, we just come from nowhere. I feel sorry for like uh, he's one of the people I feel sorry for because yeah. uh, he's a great producer, but and I think he'll carry it on. So I think maybe he's a bit different. But like people would just be like, "Where the fuck has this guy come from?" But that guy's been releasing good music for fucking ages, yeah. Which loads of people have been playing. Like, I think it's just one of those things, isn't it? Like people just people like to discover you and think that they've discovered the first thing that you've ever done, yeah. And like they're the person to discover you. Like I, I always think. At a nightclub, right, you have groups of friends and, like, maybe one or two of those groups or friends are, like, are really into the music and they really want to see you play. Yeah. And then the other four group members of their friends are either there to get fucked up because their friends have forced them to go or, like, you know, they had nothing better to do. Or to basically. go on the pool or something like that. Yeah, exactly. And so they don't give a fuck. And they're the people that, like, you then slowly bring into your sphere. And they're the people that think you've just come from nowhere. And then that perpetuates the myth that you've just done nothing and then you release this one single and then you're everywhere. Yeah. But so I think think everyone has that kind of story. Apart from... Would you do an album again? uh, Thought about it. Because I've written so much in lockdown. But... If, if I'm going to do an album, I want someone to pay me a shitload of money to do an album because it's so much like ball ache, to be honest. I, I I feel like it's a great artistic expression, but no one gives a fuck about your album anymore. Yeah. Like people go to Spotify and press play on the track they like, add that track to a playlist and that's it. They won't listen. Like you can't, you'd be better off doing an album of bangers. Eight, eight to 10 bangers yeah. that people love. Like doing a journey these days, how many people sit and play an album from start to finish? No one. So, but I, I still love the album format. I would love Same. to just release albums. If I could, I would only do albums and then just do singles off that album. Because then also you can, the, the genre thing doesn't matter. Like if you listen to like hip hop or something, they progress apparently yeah. through artistic endeavors. Whereas I think dance music people don't get that like, don't that get that ability to change as much? Yeah. Do you know? Do you know what I mean? No, like, I totally. People... And I, I think, I, like, let's say for instance, like George Fitzgerald, right? Yeah. Like he's, I would say he's more of an album artist than a single artist. Yeah. Um, 
and I love his albums. They're all great to me. That like I listen to them like from start yeah. to finish. Um, but you can see the like you said, you can see the progression in an artist like that. Um, but where we live by, it goes back to the beginning. Like you have to release regular records, and yeah. unless you're writing loads, an album just unless you can do two albums a year, it just doesn't help you. Um, no, I know, but I, go on. yeah, I think it's depressing, like the fact that, like, because an, an album was like you were talking about Elton John earlier releasing two albums a year, yeah, like in a way that's different from what, say, Spotify are asking now because those two albums could be stylistically quite different, but that's maybe 10 to 12 tracks that are all stylistically the same, yeah. So, so, so for example, say we write 12 tracks that are the same and then move on to a sound like we can't then release those 12 tracks as an album and then move on to the next sound that they, they kind of fudge in between each other and like get released because of different release dates and stuff. And then it just gets confusing. Whereas it would be easier to just to do two albums. Yeah. But we just can't do it. And that for me, releasing eight to 12 bangers on an album is just, it's pointless. It, it I just want to makes it. me yeah. want to puke. Like it's bollocks. I, yeah, I, I, I remember sitting. I, I remember sitting in a major record labels uh, in office um, before I released Blood, the first album I did, and the A and R guy said to me, "Yeah, let's just get ten bangers, like let it go, and release an album." And at that point, I was like, "Write them out. See you later." <laughs> <laughs> what a cunt! Oh, I can't stand people like that. Yeah, completely. Yeah. Can't stand it because it just, it's not. It's not an album. Well, I'm not writing an album full of singles, full no, of number one singles. Exactly. It's not no. how an album, yeah. even if you listen to like, a, even even Adele, right? Yeah. Out of, although her numbers are ridiculous, like maybe two, three of her songs on an album are going to be like big Pop singles, off. right? And the others are going to be like listeners. Completely fillers, yeah. Yeah, and I really want to... Dance music people apparently don't get that. Just like, you know, they don't get that uh, that ability to release a few fillers. Like, if you know what I mean, like, because we don't do album... Like, you release an EP that you love at the time and then afterwards you're like, oh, well, you know, that that's good. But if you release that as an album, that would be put between loads of singles that would make it kind of make sense. It's a, it's classic. Like it's, this is why I don't release EPs anymore. And I'm, I'm releasing an EP this year because for on trick, because they asked me, they were like, we, we want two more tracks. Yeah. And I'm like, I'd rather not if I'm totally honest with you. Yeah. yeah because yeah. N- nowadays your, your EP, your, your EP one record is going to do, do well. And yeah, then you've just spent however long just giving music away. Like no one hears it. It's fucking pointless. I agree. Yeah. Like but, the, I'm doing my first full vinyl release this year on on a label, and they wanted five tracks. And when they came back to me, I was like, five? What the fuck are you talking about?" Yeah. And they were like, "Yeah, vinyl people still buy kind of differently. Like they'll listen to each track and then buy." And I was like, "Yeah, okay, but like this is also I, I'm like you. I'd rather just release one fucking great song. Track. Yeah, I'm exactly the same, and I think that's." I honestly think that's the best way to release music now. Yeah, I really want to do an album. Like, and I'm toy. I've been toying with the idea 
massively. Have um, you written it? I've written a lot of songs that I probably couldn't release as Will Clark. That oh really? That would work on an album, but if I released it as a single, people just wouldn't get. But but they're, they're also you shouldn't be scared of putting it out as an album. No, I and I'm not I'm not scared, but I think it goes back to that thing is I want it to do well. Yeah, of course. But like I mean look at albums historically, even like David Bowie albums who's vibing to like track 7, True. like they're not. True. They they they're listening to the singles or the one track from that album that they really get into. Yeah. Like albums have always been a vehicle for 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 the few big records. No, you're right. You're right. I'm actually doing my first vinyl this year as well. Oh, well, right. like you need to send me one. First four one, yes. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you a signed copy, mate, if you want. Oh, don't don't worry, don't ruin it. Send you a little love note on it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, yeah. I'm, so what with the label? I'm doing like at the end of every year, I'm releasing all of the records on that we've released that year, and like like a, as like a one thing. as like a one thing, and like a vinyl only record. Oh, that's it. That's yeah. a great idea. So I'm just like, but, and that's for me, that's instead of doing one on every, on every release, it's like at the end of the yeah. year, you can have like all of them as one. And whether yeah. we've released 10 records or whether we've released like two records, it's all going to be on a vinyl. That's um, a good idea. Which is nice. Um, I think that is nice. Like, I, I think, I think like as much as I've been like talking shit about albums and stuff, I do think like, doing things like that especially on vinyl and even and i'm even getting like to the merchandise kind of thing and like yeah. linking merchandise to the releases i think i think people really resonate with that totally like, feeling that like, feeling like they're getting something special no i totally agree and i think i think it turns it all into a business and this is just the business side of the of the industry is that obviously yeah. we're all not making any money right now or a lot of us aren't but if you can sell a t-shirt and you can sell a vinyl and you can yeah, sell right. a hat with a release, you're making an extra 20, 30 quid a release. And if you can do 200 of those, you, you paid your rent for the month, if you know what I mean, or you paid your rent for a couple no, of months. Yeah. And I think that's, yeah, that's yeah, the, yeah. This, I think this, this is kind, this kind of whole situation has probably made a lot of people realize on how to kind of out, outsource their, income and kind of have a few more different incomes which i think is everyone needs it's not about a backup plan it's not about kind of no. putting all of your eggs into another basket because you're not making money no, but it's about different having streams that like totally. focus in on one on one thing i completely i 100 agree with it like for me like i can remember when i first started getting to america and people were like oh i really loved what you played do you have a t-shirt and i was yeah. like no, I don't have a fucking T-shirt. Like thinking it was crazy, but now, like, it's like even seeing what you've done and what Brennan's done with like Hot Boy yeah. and stuff like that, like I, I can, I, it opened my eyes from being very fucking stupid to realize that you know this is another extension, like you say, of making money. But then also, it's another extension of really like building the brand, and, brand like, yeah. and turning it into something even forgetting about the money it's like turning it into like something that people can follow and like they have an active interest in like doing do you know what i mean like, i think it's about building a community as well 
because that's why I'm yeah, sorry, that's what I was trying to say. Yeah, because like yeah. like you're wearing a Death Rose record, right? T shirt. Like yeah. yeah, that you'll probably see somebody at a, at a show, and if they were wearing a Death Row record T shirt, you'd be like, oh, sick, like nice T shirt. Yeah, completely. Yeah. But the thing yeah, is, yeah. and I think I think what you were saying, I don't think what I don't think you were being stupid. I think the culture in America is different to the UK. I think it was, but I think it's actually very... Like, it's changing. Slowly, it's yeah. slowly changing. And I think at the end of the day, kids have more expendable cash in America. That, I mean, it's, that is just a fact, to be honest. And, and it, yeah, you can sell a T-shirt for $35 and people are happy to do it, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean, I mean, in the UK, you put it out for 30 quid and people are like, what the fuck? Yeah. Who the fuck do you think you are? Exactly. But yeah, but you people earn more money in America, and I, this it is what it is. Life is more expensive in America. You're right. Yeah. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Go get my dog. <laughs> if anyone's uh, watching on YouTube right now, you can see Huxley's dog. Can I just say we could do like the world first exclusive of the worst pause you've ever seen. No, what? I'll leave him. I won't, I won't embarrass Where's him. Pause. He, he had to get all his like pause clipped. Hold on, I'm, in, I'm out. Get him. Get him. We need to see this. So if you're not listening on YouTube, uh, go make sure you check this out on YouTube because this is going to be key. <laughs> oh, my days. Mate, he looks like a sloth. It's been a good day. He looks like a sloth. <laughs> Oh, you don't look like a sloth, do you, Bert? It's Bertie, isn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's Bert. What a legend. Um, yeah. What were we saying? Uh, I can't anyway. remember what we were saying. Um, merchandise. merchandise, yeah. Yeah, I I have literally yeah. just been persuaded. I I have, I know I've obviously done merch in the past um, and closed, like, I was doing it for the cuddles, closed that down a while ago um, and working on some other things at the moment. Yeah. But I have literally got persuaded in the last two weeks to make a Will Clark shirt. And I'm not even putting well, it. Does it have your face on it? No, it has just Will Clark. And I feel so fucking weird about doing it. I'd love to see it. Do you want me to show you a picture of it? Yeah, go on then. Um, and disclosure this isn't going on my website it's another company that just wanted okay. to make it and then they're selling it and i'm just taking a percentage from it so sure yeah that's on the wow. back i mean it looks good though it looks cool i mean but i just my name's, just... Not, my name's not will clark so i don't know if i'm gonna wear it it's just cringe mate oh well but then if, if people are coming to you and saying I want to put your name on a fucking t-shirt why wouldn't you do it I always have this ethos that I want to if I make something I want to work I want to be able to wear it when it comes to clothing and I want to be like this is fucking dope I see what you mean and I would never wear a Will Clark t-shirt but hey some people might just like will. I wouldn't I think, probably I wear a Huxley t-shirt. I wouldn't wear an MK t-shirt, but I know there's definitely people out there that would. 
you definitely wear a Huxley t-shirt don't lie that's fine I know you've got people and you have to like keep face on this podcast and stuff uh, only, that's fine only if it was uh, literally a picture no, of your joking. face if it had a picture of your face then I would wear it I mean it could be like uh, like a, a shadow of my face which would just be a circle which would be fine and a light spot at the top like an oval <laughs> and, and like and like you know this there yeah. <laughs> dude I'm going bold as well I'm going really bold well why'd you wear the hat I mean we've known it for years Will come exactly. on exactly well that's why you used to wear a hat I was like, why is this dude always wearing I a hat? Because I had no fucking hair. Yeah, but you've like you've like manned up and taken it and like just bolded it out. I'm I'm still I just don't care anymore, mate. I, do you know what I I hit like 31, 32, and I just like I just getting too hot in this hat, man. When I did change, <laughs> I just can't wear it anymore. Like, so I just thought, you know, you know, pol- make sure it's polished up and like there's yeah. a bit of a shine on it. Perfect job done. You you look good, bold though. Like you have a good bold bold head. If that makes sense, I don't know if I would. I'm glad we've got onto this, but yes, I do. <laughs> you know, if anything, there, there's textbooks about how good like my my bold is. It's very like spot, it's yeah. very like perfect, mate. I like it. I would like to think so. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> oh what the fuck man i don't know but we need to catch go. up we need to uh we need to do some studio time well i mean i'm i'm not going anywhere for the foreseeable do you know what i mean you never go anywhere even when you could go somewhere to go in the studio i mean i tr- we need to talk about this uh, we need uh, to talk about your mate i'm happy to come to bristol <laughs> but only if i can bathe in all the beagles all the dogs yeah you can come and hang out and with just the dogs have like a bath Come and hang yeah, out with the dogs, I'm mate. Fine then. We do need to talk about it. I mean, I'm lazy. Like, <laughs> you know, I like people coming to my studio because I have to move. Yeah, who doesn't? True. But I'm, more, I'm more than happy to come to your studio. I mean, your studio already looks better than mine. It's like, all right here. Yeah, like, I know I've got if you stayed, boards, but like, if you stayed, that would be your bed. That turns into a bed. So cool, probably won't stay then. But we could do it <laughs> a lot in a day. Can we talk about your uh, your gaming headphones? Are you a gamer? No, no. So, so I was doing some teaching, and people said that they couldn't understand me, and I thought, like, oh, fuck it. And then I had to do it for this this school in Ibiza that I was meant to be doing some, and they forced me to buy these. So these were the cheapest on Amazon. They were like fifteen quid or something, <laughs> and I was like, right, fuck it. I'm just gonna buy them, and I am so hot wearing them. <laughs> It's unbelievable. And like I look like I'm like I don't know what I look like. I look like I'm Sonic, but like with a bald head. You look like very far. You look like you're in the cast of Star Trek and you're about to uh take off on the on the uh spaceship or whatever they call it on there. Yeah, I'm I'm the fat one in Star Trek. I don't know which one that is. So maybe someone could write that in the comments below. <laughs> yeah, so come to the studio, man. Um I don't know if we can talk about this, but are you part of the um, nerds thing with Shadow Child? Yeah, yeah, one for the nerds. Yeah. One for the nerds. What's one to one teaching? Yeah, let me t- t- tell me about this. Well, so Sai, like when this started, Sai gave me a call, Shadow Child, and he was like, "Do you want to do some teaching?" And I was like, "Yeah, okay, cool." 
I, I kind of thought about doing it myself, but it was kind of nice that he already had a platform, already thought of a platform and yeah. stuff. And um, so he got me involved, Reset Robot, who does his own stuff, but then a lot of engineering for people. A guy called Spy, who's like a D&B guy. And now they've got Nick from XL Records and Cinti or Cynthy. And it and it's like a nice little community, like, and it, and it's great. Like, you know, I've only done a few lessons so far because I've been doing other stuff, so I haven't had loads available. But it's kind of nice. It's not something that I thought I would actually enjoy. Yeah. But it's quite nice seeing people progress and get better, and you know, actually like creating people's career for them. Like, I did a bit of engineering in the past, like most producers did before yeah. they blew up. Do you know what I mean? But I never really saw it as a lesson or, or anything like that. And it's great. Like, and I think I think it's definitely one to build on. Like, I, I, I'm not going to lie. At first, when we first announced it, I felt a bit weird promoting something that cost you yeah, know, a yeah, decent yeah. amount of money while we were in lockdown because people didn't have any money. Yeah. But but now, like, things are getting back to normal, apart from for us, obviously. <laughs> um, uh, um i i really i really enjoy it and i think it's really good and i like we've we've got like as a as a brand we've got a few people ready to release on some good labels and like we've got people starting their own record labels and we're just trying to really help people i i never had that you probably never had that when you came through either but yeah definitely and i think it's helpful it's like having that mentor isn't it that can kind of talk you through everything that can kind of, we've all done mistakes. We've all gone through situations and it, yeah, it would be nice if somebody is like, try not to do this or this so, may yeah. happen if you do this. And I, I actually recently just talked to talking to somebody who's kind of, released his first EP on a record label and it's a fucking amazing record. And then he didn't realize in the contract that he, they have like the next eight singles. Ooh. And, savage. and you just, and they like, there was no advance. There was no, there was nothing. And you're like, I wish, yeah, you, I wish somebody you, the, just was like the there. there. Yeah. was there to be like this, it, this isn't right. And I, if you're doing this, then you, there should be a lot of clauses. But when you're yeah. a first time producer, you're eager as fuck to release something. And you get I this mean, yeah, record I mean, label that offers yeah. you the world and then takes the world away from you without you knowing. I mean, I think so many people now, I mean, everyone for a while wanted to be a producer and like everyone wanted to be a record label and all that stuff. And it was very easy to just offer a new producer, a, like a single release yeah, and then to get really excited about it. Even if like, and, and these record label people, they make money because like some of these small labels, cause they make money cause they signed so much. Yeah. They put out so much stuff i don't really give a fuck about it but because there's so much things out there so many things you know they're earning a decent wage off it whereas the actual artist gets fuck all because you know they're one of like a thousand releases from that year yeah and 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 that's one of the things we offer it's like it's like that mentorship not to go down that route i mean i've been quite blunt in 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 interviews i don't 
particularly think there's any point in putting music out on a label that's really small because like do it if you're a collective you're building the fucking label together but if some small record label comes to you out of nowhere and offers to release your music it's not going to do anything for you no like you'll be better off like waiting and trying to get signed from someone you actually respect yeah i think my my advice in that situation is sign a sign your record that and has multiple artists that are full-time in music on that record label yeah completely yeah because i think that just goes to show that the, the record label kind of has a bit of bit of girth means behind something it. yeah yeah i agree and and also like it's very easy to get wrapped up and not really read a contract because you're so excited you made this track and all your friends say this track is fucking dope and like you're so excited to release it and then there's this label that want to don't get caught up in that yeah like because most of the time it's not real like your friends they might love it for a minute but it's not really about your friends loving it. No. It's about actually forging a career and like read the contract, like think about it. Like no one needs to sign a re- contract that has the next eight fucking singles no. locked in. Not even one, like dance music, unless you get to a certain level, no dance music record label should ever have more than that one single. No, in my in my opinion, even if first, it works, you work together again anyway. Even first refusal, I hate I hate it when people ask for first refusal, and it's like for anyone knows doesn't know what first refusal means. It means that they get the option of your next record before anyone else gets that option. Yeah. And for me, it's like fuck off. Like yeah. you're not paying me. Like the pro- the problem with that clause is. You you write a record that fits a record label that does that record does really well yeah and then you write a record that really doesn't fit that record label but they're so scared that that record's going to do well as yeah. well so they sign it and they have no fucking clue how to promote it yeah they have no clue where to push it to like the people that like that record label will not like that record you're releasing so yeah. it doesn't fucking nothing for you yeah man I agree fucking just do it yourself people just do it yourself. Yeah, use other people. Like, use labels where you can. Like, not I'm not saying use them, but like use like everybody uses each other in a way. Of course but they like, do. but but like, think of think of things as like building your own brand rather than building someone else's. What's your thoughts of all these majors coming in and like spending a lot of money on records? Uh, so I got loads of approaches actually at the start of this lockdown. Yeah. Oh, uh, nothing ever really happened. Well, actually, my record label is going to be doing, done through Universal, yeah. which maybe I shouldn't talk about. But anyway, <laughs> but I am because I don't give a fuck about any of that. But anyway, <laughs> so, so you know, that was great. But, like, the the thing you have to be aware about, like, so I don't, I don't know if you're the same as me. There seems now to be this whole different scene when it comes to commercial yeah. stuff, to underground stuff. And it's the the commercial stuff is very enticing because, like you say, there's loads of money spent, but they only care about spot like we were talking about earlier, Spotify streaming and stuff. They don't really care about your yeah. DJ gigs because they're not going to get anything from that. I, I I think it's a good thing in a way because like if you if you in the right position to write the the right record, it can really help your career move forward. But then I also see some acts at the moment who have gone for it too early. Yeah, and they're going to be left behind once those deals are done and died. Yeah, I I totally agree. And don't get me wrong, if it's a single deal, 
and they're offering they're offering you obscene like go for it fuck I, it i heard about the roberto sarachi record yeah like, which was already big to be fair it was huge but the amount that got bought i was like fair play like dude fuck i it. don't know what it is so you're gonna have to tell me afterwards uh or now it was like six figures no fuck really it. it was like 250 wow yeah which, bad, again it? i don't know if that's right but that's what i've been told the defected would have taken most of that probably yeah let's not talk about defected um no <laughs> <laughs> all right let's move on ah uh, cunts um yeah but uh I think no. I think yeah. the, the whole I think it's great. Re- majors have this huge thing where they can make a record very big if they really believe in it and they really want to. Yeah, um, I mean, I mean, I have to say that like as much as whatever's defect defected in terms of house music, they they have that power. Yeah, massively, that well. massively. Like that, as an engine, they are yeah. incredible at making a record big. And and they do it very well, and they have done it for years. And just look at their back catalogue. Yeah, kind of proves it. Yeah, I, I, but I think majors now a lot of the money in majors now is they see the streaming revenues. Yeah, and they don't really care like about necessarily. You know, a fat boy slim say years ago like signed to whoever I, I don't know he was signed to like was seen as an act. Yeah, that they were wanted to promote. Now I think majors are now looking at it as singles. Totally, like, yeah, yeah. And then and they're not thinking of it as like an act to build. They're thinking of, well, this single's good, so we can make money off this. But then who gives a fuck about this guy once this single's done? Well, I think realistically as well is the house music is fashionable again. So I don't know if anyone knows. Obviously, you know, but record big record labels back in the early two thousands and late nineties, they all had house. So, yeah. like small labels that, that that run from the majors but they had like a, a dance label yeah and that's when they were making really good money um yeah. and then dance music fell out of his it wasn't fashionable again for a certain no. amount of time and now it's fashionable again now the majors want in and want to make money and well, the, all those labels are back again yeah exactly all of them are back and like we've got friends that run them if you know what i mean like yeah yeah and i think the, th- the interesting thing is, is that like, let's say, let's say like 50 grand for a record. If they were to pay you 50 grand for a record, 50 grand for a major is fucking nothing. No, it's nothing. I mean, the thing is, the thing, the thing with a major is they'll pay 12 people 50 grand. And then one of those 12 people will get a fucking 5 million pound fucking record. Yeah. And that, and that will just prove that that will, that will pay for everything else. They exactly. won't give a fuck. Well, and also, also, like, these majors have, like, Drake that make, like, one yeah, record. Yeah, they pay for everything else. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. One record makes... I think it's the same with, it's same with like, agencies, like, DJ agencies and, and talent agencies. Like, I remember, yeah. like, I think it... I'm with Paradigm, and they... I think their top, like, three artists earn more than all of the artists put together. Yeah, I can believe it. And Completely. and I think that's the thing is that when something's fashionable, the the majors want in, and if if you're getting an offer for a single deal, fucking take it. Um, you have to be you have to be aware, like majors are definitely in there for like that they, they love the like first refusal of the next few releases yeah. and all that kind of stuff, and they can lock you in. Like 
I, I've noticed, I don't I don't know the story, but I just follow him on Twitter, so I don't know. But like David Zowie, you know, who did House Every Weekend, yeah. clearly got signed into a fucking, what was for him a really bad deal because yeah. he was like, I couldn't release music for like five years and now I can. So you just have to be wary, I suppose. But I mean, I think you and I are in a position, quite a period of position where if a major comes to us, I think they'd realise that we wouldn't go for it and also they wouldn't offer it, whereas I think it's more new acts that need to be careful of that. I don't know. I don't know. We've got some friends that have taken some deals that sound great on the table, but you split that between five, six years. Yeah, it's not great. I mean, I have found not to talk about that because I shouldn't, but... um. I know there are people that are in that position. So, yeah, you're right. Maybe that is true. Yeah. And also, maybe it's even five or six years. Like, it can be a long, long time to get out of it. And also, it could be arduous as well. Like, yeah. Like, they just say no, 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 no. And if they say no, you're not releasing a record, basically. Yeah, which then fucks, fucks you. you. But I think, I think that's the thing, is going into a deal with being on top because you have the power to be like yes or no you know what i mean yeah like let's let's use let's use joe rogan for example with spotify right yeah obviously he's just done this deal everyone's saying it's 100 million i can pretty much guarantee there's a lot more money in it yeah definitely um sponsorship on top of exactly that as well. like but at the end of the day he's on top right he, yeah. spotify need him he doesn't need any of them if you know what I mean? He doesn't need any of them. And to be in that situation where you don't necessarily need someone is yeah, the most it's perfect different. situation. But then also I have to say, right, so obviously you're a struggling artist and, like, you want this major label comes in and they want to take your record. Sometimes the most powerful thing to do is say no. Yeah. Like, because like it takes a lot of balls. And don't get me wrong, I probably wouldn't have had it I might have had it when I was younger because I was an absolute prick, but like, <laughs> was like, I probably, I would, well, you know, <laughs> still. Um, but like, and I might, I don't know if I would be that like blase now, but like, if they're coming to you and they want your record and they've offered you something, they want your record. Like, you probably couldn't be a fucking like go ridiculously big, but I think some people don't realize that they do have an element of power in those negotiations as well. Totally. No, yeah, I totally agree. It's such it's so it's so weird. We're just fucking selling ourselves at the yeah, end of the day. We're like car salesmen, basically. Yeah, second hand. Like you're either <laughs> selling a Honda or a Porsche, it's still second hand and you don't know if people want it or not. Have you seen that Aston Martin second hand car sales? No. Oh well, mate, I've got to send you this this advert. It's fucking amazing. All right, yeah, we need to see that. Yeah, I'll send it to you. Right, dude, we've just done an hour and a half. I think um, okay, cool. I think it's time to wrap it up. Um, All right, well, lovely, mate. It was great. I love doing this kind of stuff. Yeah, dude. Uh, let's let's do it again. Definitely. Well, let's do it. I'll come to your studio this time. Uh, okay. You do will, know I'll that will. this is like recorded, and you have to stick to your word now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll come. I'll yeah, come. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it gets me away. For, it gets me away from my kid for a day. So that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. I love him. He's fine. <laughs> um, for anybody that's listening that isn't following you, how can they follow you on Instagram and all of that? Uh, I think Instagram is forward slash Huxley Music. Twitter is Huxley underscore Music. 
Facebook is Huxley Official. And then just, you know, just look for the bald guy. Have you got TikTok? Your... <laughs> oh, I do have a TikTok. Do you fuck off? Oh. But I've got one thing on it. I'm obsessed with TikTok. So so my next, I know this is going to overrun now and I'm sorry. No, like, we I'm can ob- go for hours, mate. I, I'm obsessed with the, with the thought of making a fucking record that works on TikTok because you listen to those records, right? And all you need to do is like, a rapper or whoever can say whatever the fuck they want in between. And then there's like one line. It's like, fuck off. And like everyone on the video will just like lip sync to that, like one line and that shit. And I'm obsessed with like trying to make that record at the moment. Like it, I would just, I would, I would love it. And I, I know I'm far too old for TikTok, but yeah, I don't even know what my TikTok login is, but I just watch people and think, fuck man, you're too old for this. Or like, uh, yeah, I think yeah. you should do it. I think you should stop making records and just and just make like sixteen second loops. Yeah, and just be like me rapping on them. Yeah, it's like that. I didn't know. I was told yesterday that Endor pump it up record and oh, like yeah. all the memes that came out of that. And I saw one of them, and it was like a guy pumping up a like an airbed with his foot, <laughs> and it was like going going in time with the record. And I was like. The internet what? is just a wild motherfucker. And it's hilarious. I think I think TikTok, what's so pure about TikTok is, well, not pure because it's kind of, but like, you know, you know, Gary, who's 49 from Dagnall, can like get a viral hit on there. He can get like 150,000 likes from doing some stupid, stupid TikTok. And like, for me, that's the most like pure form of yeah. like social media. It's like, hate anyway. it's like you've been framed, but... Uh, oh, my God. It's exactly <laughs> like you've been framed. You nailed it. <laughs> but like, I've never thought about it like that. But you don't get a 250 quid check in the post for for, <laughs> putting, for chucking in your video. <laughs> or, no, or Jeremy Beadle's weird hand. Yeah, true. I, <laughs> I get hit up quite a few times on, like, social media being like, yo, do you want to collab on, like, a video? Because, oh, my God. Because... I've got like 150,000 followers on TikTok and I'm like, and what? then I had one the other day and they like, were like, I was like, okay, let's, let's talk. Yeah. And he was like, oh, I charge this much. <laughs> I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, fuck off. <laughs> that is hilarious. I was like, fair play businessman. Yeah. 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 I, I, yeah. I had a few of those on Instagram in, in the day. Like, and I used to like, Basically, I was just looking for guest list, and I used to like entertain it, but now I just don't. You know, what's the fucking point? Like, I'm just so like, I don't know. I'm I, old, mate. I'm old. I'm old and like facetious and annoying <sighs> and grumpy. Social media for me in lockdown has turned wild, and yeah, I mean, everyone's a fucking chef now, right? Fuck off. Every DJ's a chef. <laughs> I was a chef before they fucking were a chef, all right? <laughs> but I, it's not even that. Everyone has an opinion and won't allow anyone else to have an opinion. It's got worse since lockdown as well, I think. And it's like, shut the fuck up. I don't care about your politic opinion, political opinion. I don't care about fucking anything. Like, No, I agree, yeah. And I've said a few things on on instagram and on twitter and i said those because i felt like i they had to be said but 
there's certain things that I don't feel that anyone needs to say anything or chime in on other people's opinions or tell yeah. somebody they're wrong or t- tell yeah, completely because yeah. a lot of them are fucking pussies and won't say it to their face no one would it's 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 like you're just trying to stir something i i've unfollowed like three thousand people on twitter the wow. other day and wow. i'm probably gonna like I've I've cut all my social media, so I've taken it off my home screen and like moved it three swipes across and put it in like a folder that says brain fuck. And then <laughs> I've like allowed I've put a timer that I'm only allowed thirty minutes a day. And since I've done that, game changer. Don't get me wrong. I, I I love social media for what it does and what it's given me and I still respond to everyone and I still yeah. do everything that I need to do. But you're not obsessed with it. I, I just have better, I'd rather write music, mate, or spend time with my family and my friends. Yeah. I mean, I think the thing is, like, social media has given everyone a voice, but then sometimes you realize not everyone needed that voice. <laughs> it, like, it was good that they were in the shadows. Did you see the Dave Chappelle, the 846? Uh, was that the newest stand up? Yeah. It was like the, where he was like in like a wedding kind of thing. No, I don't think I did that. Check it out. It's really his his points are really interesting, and he's like, "I got shit for not saying anything about the Black Lives Matter thing," Um, and he was like, "You don't need me to say anything. Like the the streets are saying it, the rest of the world is saying it. By me adding some, by me adding something to the to the." to the uh, pot is just taking it away from the people that it actually matters. Well, yeah, because it's Dave Chappelle, like, and all that's going to be reported is Dave Chappelle. They're not reporting extra on what actually people need. Exactly. I, I agree. Like, I think that things need to be done and reported and, like, dealt with and, like, things that are unjust, like, that's happened in our scene recently even. But, like, my voice in it is not what it's about. It's about that that personal that thing getting dealt with properly i totally agree and i think i had i had it actually earlier where somebody was texting me and like you should be saying you should be out in this person more you should be doing this you should be doing that and i'm like no i shouldn't i've said what i need to say and i've said what i needed to say for a certain person i'm not doing it for anyone else i'm doing it for a certain person and realistically i don't need to do anything now i just need to support that person and anybody that needs help needs to go the correct way about it and all we can do in a in a community in our in our industry is like talk about it in ourselves and make sure that everyone is safe or whatever the issue is it doesn't happen again um, completely. Yeah, I, that, I mean, that's. I think that's the thing that everyone can learn from this situation. I think, or any situation, like if something bad has happened, which it will do in life, or you you need to just make sure that that never fucking happens again. Totally. And like, if it does happen at that point, it's when you fucking speak. Like, make sure that it never happened. Like, you fight against it. Like, you know, but coming from both of our backgrounds, we don't know what. Black Lives Matter or whatever went through and I totally. and I want to support everything they ever do but my voice 
it's it's better for someone who's lived through it to have a voice than me, if yeah. you know what I mean. I listened to a podcast, uh, I listened to a Rogan podcast with Kevin Hart the other day. And he was talking about um, how he's working with like a bank uh, with like a load of investment and they're going into like black neighborhoods and kind of helping black neighborhoods kind of grow into communities and or healthier communities. Um, yeah. And what he was saying is that initially they were just going to go send a fucking white dude in there that's rich. And and it's like, he's like, you can't fucking do that. That's not going to fucking work. Like, it's yeah. not going to help. You need to send somebody in like him that has been from the bottom and got to the top and can prove that people can get the fuck out of there and, okay. and they can help their community and they can build their community. And I think that's just this thing is it's exactly the same situation is like, you can say, but then we're we're not we're not unaccountable for these things. We have to facilitate them and make sure those things change and happen. I totally agree. We just don't we ne- don't ne- shouldn't necessarily be the spokespeople for it. Yeah, and I think it's 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 conversations that we all have to have. <sighs> we all have to have in our community and in conversations like this. Right, we're talking about it now, which is a good thing. Um, yeah, completely. Yeah, and it's not like we're scooting over any of the subjects. But no. we're not fucking pros at this and we're going to butcher everything no. to all day long. But as long as we're at I least mean, trying, that's all we can completely. do. Completely. I mean, I think that's all you can do. And like people who are trying will make mistakes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And like, I think that's okay. I think that that's how people learn. Me personally, I think I've learned more from making mistakes than I ever have from doing something right. Do you know, what I mean? if you know what I mean? Like, I feel like I've learned more from, from, almost breaking something and then fixing it yeah then reading about it and being told how i should react or how i should fix something like fixing something yourself is always going to be more valuable it's like production even going back to that in the simplest forms like i learned production by myself i didn't really what we didn't really have videos then but like i think of things in a different way than someone who's just watched loads of youtube videos being told how they should react or how they should make something yeah i think that's important I agree, man. I agree. All right, cool. Let's well, wrap it let's up. Let's end it there. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> right, Thanks for being on. Love you, man. Um, Take let's up. catch up Love soon. Love you too, mate. Keep safe. Yeah, mate. Bye. See you in a bit. Bye. Bye. Yo, that is a wrap. Great conversation. Love that guy a lot. So thanks for listening. See you next week or whenever I decide to put a podcast out. If you did enjoy it, please hit the share button. Please hit the review button. Just do what you can. I love you forever. Keep safe, look after each other, and I'll see you soon. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.